Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon at Fountain City Church. We hope that you are blessed by this message today. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out our website at fountaincity.org. Real quick, we're going to share out of Psalm 100 this morning, and then we're going to close up shop and send you on your merry way. Psalm 100, turn in your Bibles if you have them. Again, it's really, really good that you're here. Um, One last announcement while you're turning. We have a significant need, and we have said this in times past. I'm going to say it again. Um, In our kids' area, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. If you look in here, we've got 40, 50 people. But in the back, we have another 10 or 12 adults. And then we have like 40 kids sometimes, 37 um, kids. And so on any given week, we have lots of people who call out and say, hey, can't come, didn't know I was serving, whatever, and we know things happen, but we want to encourage the entire body just to take this on as a corporate mission, that we want to love our kids really well, and we want to make sure that they're getting opportunities to to meet with the Lord and to be served and to be loved on Sunday mornings, uh, and so if you're not serving anywhere, can I just ask you to serve with Kid City, and if you need information on how to do that, you can talk to any of the volunteers in the back. Um, I didn't talk about this before, but you can connect with Priscilla right here. She serves in the back so she can help you get connected. (laughs) I'm putting her on the spot. Um, And so today you were on the spot, Priscilla, all day. It's going to be the day. Um, So if you will do that, it is a huge need of ours. We have been blessed with kids, but that also comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility. And I can tell you, we have people who stay back there three weeks out of the month because they never get chances to come in here and I hate that. I want to make sure that we're building a body that is all sharing the load. Uh, so can you just think about that? Um, we run everybody through background checks and do all that good stuff. And so if you want to get part, uh, get to be a part of that, please come and talk to me. We would love to get you plugged in. All right. Sound good? All right. Psalm chapter 100. And here we go. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It's he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. There is a protocol for how you and I as the people of God are to come into God's presence. Psalm chapter 100 is not a sweet reminder. It is a protocol to God's people of how we come before the Lord when we come. And he says to enter with thanksgiving and praise. Now, when this was written, like in a monarchy, there was a ruling king or queen, and you would come up to this kingdom that was inevitably surrounded by walls, and there would be these gateways where you would enter into the kingdom. And inside this kingdom is the place where God would rule, right? And we know that by the Spirit, wherever the Spirit resides, that is the kingdom of God. So if you are a son or a daughter of God and the Spirit resides in your heart, then you exist within the kingdom of God. But when this was written, there were very extreme rules of engagement and protocols when it came to coming before the king. Um, There were protocols on how you would enter in. There were bowing rituals and rituals of gift giving. But every ritual that they had built was around this idea that you were giving gratitude and honor to the person that you were coming before. Right? 
You know, as kids, we kind of did the same thing. I remember me and my brothers uh, and friends in the neighborhood, we would build a fort out in the woods, which, you know, a fort was really like one tree with like other pieces of wood just stacked against it and then some branches, and that was the fort. But to get in the fort, you inevitably had to have a password. And if you didn't know the password, which usually was Big Brother's way of kicking Little Brothers out of the fort, you were never going to get in. Yeah, I could see into the fort. I could hear everything they were saying, but I couldn't get in the fort, right? You had to have this password. And so just like it worked with kids, it works in the kingdom. Because in the kingdom of God, the password and the protocol to come before the king is thanks and praise. The protocol to come before the presence of God Almighty is thanks and praise. We don't come to God empty-handed. We don't come without something to give. And the reason we don't come before the Lord without something to give Him is because He reveals to us right here in that passage that the Lord is good and that His love for us endures forever. The reason why I am called to come before God with thanksgiving and praise is exactly because he has revealed and exposed his goodness in my life. And he has shown me that his love endures forever, that no matter what I'm going through, that God is there, that he has shown himself faithful. And what does it look like for us as a community and as a people entering into a season that is filled with reminders that are both good and bad, that are both happy and sad, some things that we wish we could change, and some things that we are just so incredibly grateful for that we can't even put into words. Like we're entering into that season now in Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I think in the center of all of that is this incredible reminder that when we come before the Lord and the way that we live, we ought to be filled with thanks and praise. And our culture right now is really dialed in the opposite direction, right? Like, you need to have a critical word about something or someone. You need to have um, some spirit in you that is even oppositional towards other things, but we forget that in the midst of that, God has called us to be a people of praise and thanksgiving, to take off heaviness and despair, to put on gladness and joyful songs. That's why today is so important for us that we come together as God's people. And when we come, oftentimes we come in with, uh, with mourning shawls and lamenting life. And in the midst of that, God has saved us and redeemed us and he's called us his own. And it's up to me. He has saved me. And it's up to me to remind myself that it's my responsibility to praise him in the midst of that, in the midst of everything else going on. So when the trying seasons come and when the storms blow and when things shift and move and not in our favor necessarily, my feet are planted on something that is higher and firmer than the waves of the storm. That I'm rooted in something that doesn't, it doesn't turn me upside down. So when you're at the table with family members and you do the, the, the poor decision of getting into politics, right? It's coming. Please cease and desist. Cease and desist. Run away. That is when you go to get eggnog or an extra slice of pumpkin pie. Just stay away from it. But when you step into those places where your expectation of what life should look like fails against the reality of what it does look like, I pray that your feet are rooted in something deeper and stronger than you and your experience. That is in the reality that God is, in fact, good, that his love does, in fact, endure forever, and that he will continue to transform you into his likeness when you're more rooted in him than you are in this circumstance.
And every one of us knows what this feels like and looks like because we've all walked through our own circumstances. Of sickness and hardship, of heartache, and relationship breakdown and financial crises and just confusion. And in the midst of that, God holds out this, this life-transforming word that you can and are, you can be, and you are a son and daughter of the Most High God by the blood of Jesus. And so he says, when you come before me, Remember that you come with thanksgiving and praise. I like to turn the Psalms upside down sometimes because I believe that it's equally important to remember that you cannot gain entrance to the presence of God if you always come with complaint and argument and dispute. Some of us, I really believe we feel like as long as I get to church, I can get to, no. Like you have to have a presence and a posture of heart when you come before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that you recognize what he has done and that you can enter into his presence. But his gates, the password, is thanks. Thank you. I don't know the last time for you that you stopped and just thought about God's goodness to you. His kindness, his mercy. I don't know the last time you just stopped and just reflected. I have food to eat My family, I have family that surrounds me, family that I love, that loves me. I have friends who love me. I have a roof over my head and a vehicle. I I have health in my body. Are you with me? When was the last time you just stopped and reflected? And I wonder what it would look like for, for us as individuals and as a community to curse, cursing, and to take hold of blessing with everything we have in this season. To, to ward off this idea that I can follow God with my whole heart but live with negativity and complaint coming out of my mouth all the time. I was kind of thinking through this and preparing this week, and, um, and I found myself complaining about all kind of stuff this week. <laughs> I was telling some of our leaders yesterday, I was prepping, and I realized how negative I am. Have you ever had, like, God starts to speak to you on this thing, and you're like, yeah, I'm really passionate about that. And then he's like, are you? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> you know, I, I felt like I had a we need to talk conversation with the Holy Spirit this week. Of him just saying, you, you operate off of negativity and sarcasm and criticism and complaint. And him just saying, that has no place in my presence. And sometimes we want to marry my foul disposition with the presence of God and intimacy with him. And he says, no. You actually can't get through the gate that way. Because when we come before the Lord, we come with with thanksgiving and praise. I come recounting the goodness of God. That doesn't mean we're fake, right? (laughs) Our generation is so much about authenticity that we live foul and act like it's okay. Right? We just kind of carry our stink with us everywhere. I'm just being real. You are really depressed. You're really sad. Like, sometimes we wear our reality like a coat of armor. We don't let anything change. And God wants us to be people who are accessible to his spirit and who live in utter awe and wonder of how good he's been to us. So that my interaction, my engagement, both with him and with the people around me, are a direct response to the love and the forgiveness and the mercy and the goodness of God in my life. 
One of the first ways I can tell whether or not I'm actually thankful for who the Lord is and what he's done in me is the way that I am thankful for the people around me. This is a great practical lesson for us here in this next couple of weeks. What if instead of drudging up all the reasons you dislike somebody, all the things they haven't done, what if you just hone in on all the things they have? What if you begin to count, recount to mind, recall to mind all the places where God has blessed you in the relationships that you do have? It's amazing how it transforms your thinking. You know, what we, uh, what we focus on and what we ruminate on becomes our reality. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. If you feel sick and then you just sit around and you think about how sick you are and you keep thinking about that. And then before you know it, you're like, I am sickness. I don't have sickness. I am sickness. I'm dying. I want to die. Swallow me, earth. You know, like take me into the depths of your... Yeah, okay. Gets real poetic real fast. Everybody becomes a diva, you know, when you're just sitting in that. And it's the same thing with conflict. You just focus on conflict all the time. Guess what happens? You just become conflict. You actually are transformed into the image of the thing that you focus on. What if we as people, what if we just stop? Ruminate on the goodness of God. Right? Avoidance is not the point. It's not like we're avoiding pain. It's focus. What if we focus our attention? What if we focus our hearts, focus our minds on the the goodness of God, the things that we ought to be thankful for? These are practices and focus. I love this quote. Bill Johnson says that if God is enthroned on the praises of his people, then who is enthroned on criticism and complaining? Somehow when I praise, you guys experienced that this morning. How many of you felt the presence of God when you just entered in? You gave him thanks. And how many of you know the feeling, the acute awareness of how empty and devoid of life you are when all you can come up with is criticism and complaint? Man, it is like somebody scoops your soul out. It just leaves drudged up nasty water in there. And God wants us to be people who are wellsprings of life. He's pumping his living water through your life. Living water doesn't come out as complaint. It doesn't come out as argument. It doesn't come out as criticism. And I'm saying things, guys, I'm, I'm already confessing to you, but I'm so, man, like the Lord is really just showing me I have an issue, right? I am easy to get to complaint and criticism. That does not take a whole lot. Anybody else in the house just make me feel better about me? Is that cool? All right. That was just for me. I literally, thank you. James has a saying, uh, James writes that, Fresh water and salt water should not be produced from the same source. Right? That we actually make a choice in the way that we operate and live in the world. And for many of us, we struggle here. And a lot of times we want to just manufacture good things out of our mouth. The difficult thing is we have been cultivating bitterness and anger and frustration in our heart. Your mouth will only pump out what's in your heart. So you can't. You can't just say nice things if you're only ruminating on bad things in your heart. They will come out. The worst moment is not when you say the negative thing. It's that you've been thinking on it for years. You've been living in this place of bitterness and resentment. And that's a place where the Lord has continued to uproot things in my own life. and saying, Grant, you um, do things, and when others don't see them, you cultivate resentment. 
You want, you want that to be seen. So you cultivate resentment and bitterness. And then when you're frustrated, you wonder why. It's because you've been ruminating on the wrong thing. And I wonder for how many of us this morning, we come up to the gates of God's presence and to his courts, the place where he passes his righteous verdicts. Like you need to get in there. This is the place where you need to be with the Lord. And we sit outside of those gates because we have never learned to set aside complaint. We can't ever enter into the presence of God. We can't ever come into this place where his verdicts are passed, where he pours out his righteousness and his favor and his loving kindness on us because we are too filled with bitterness on the outside of the gates. My challenge to us this morning is simple. Can we be a people who ruminate on the goodness and the kindness of God above all things? Can we be people who curse cursing, who will not speak ill of other people? What if that's what we were known for as a church in our community? You will never hear a foul word about other churches or other people there. Only blessing. What if? I know it's a struggle. I really feel like I am the worst one in the room when it comes to this. So I, I get it when Paul said that, you know, like I am the worst of the worst. I actually feel like that. Because I can be really nice to you and have resentment in my heart. You think I'm really kind. <laughs> I, I was at a, my counselor one time. I was going to a therapist and she said, you're very nice, but really angry. And I said, ah, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I said, you're right. I built a lifestyle about, around being nice. And in here, it's a cesspool. It's angry, resentful. Criticism will come out. It will. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you get so close to Jesus that you're encountering his, who he really is, past just lip service, into the heart, what you taste, what you experience of him always is good. How about as a people and as a church community in this holiday season, we turn our focus and our attention back to the goodness of God who calls you out of darkness and sets you in the kingdom of the son that he loves who reminds you of everything good that he's given us. And may it transform the way that we see and think. So when you have that nasty, toxic thing bubbling up in your heart, you don't just move over it and say, well, they deserve it. (laughs) But you actually engage it and say, hold on, I repent. That shouldn't be there. I can't live in love and hate my brother. First John says, you don't know him if you do that. How do we fight for that this season? How do you do that in your context? Kids at home, family around, schedules, busyness, travel. (laughs) Travel brings out the devil in all of us, right? I'm going to Florida right after we leave today. And so I'm preparing myself. I have issues, okay? (laughs) We were packing last night. I'm done. I just, I'm going to share stupid stories now. Um, I was packing last night, and Chrissy, like, the whole last half of the day was like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. (laughs) I wasn't sure either. I was like, no, I really am fine. But I just 
get ready for travel, man. All the anxiety comes. I'm starting thinking about a thousand details. Anybody like this? Make me feel better about me. Thank you. I feel very nice until there's all these things and I've got to make a bunch of decisions real fast. What does it look like for us as a community to fight to focus on the good? To fight to focus on the goodness of God and how he's changed your life. And how do we give thanks? I don't know about you. I had one, one last story. We were, when we were moving to Turkey, or we were trying two years back, I called my aunt one day who had lived in Turkey and Tajikistan and Pakistan, and I just said, Aunt Donna, I need to know how to walk this thing out. You know, what are some things that you learned in the process that I can, I can embody? And she said two things. I pray the armor of God over my life every single day. I go into the book of Ephesians, and I pray through the armor of God. She said, but the second thing is, I engage in personal praise and worship every single day. I carve out a space and time where I lift my hands to the Lord, and I call on his name, and he changes the trajectory of how I see things and how my heart is postured in the way that, I, uh, the way that I'm active in what I'm doing. Can I encourage you? Carve out time with Jesus every day. Lift your hands to the Lord in your room by yourself with the music cranked up or with it off and give him praise. Worship and see how he changes your perspective in your life. And then we can focus on what's really important in this season.